Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo personality. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are going to kick off another one for you. We got some Malifaux coming down the pipe here and uh, we're going to have some hot spicy takes that people aren't going to agree with and that's fine. Got myself Pete back here. We got a uh, senior Lepord. What's going on, Chris? What's up? And then we have another guest with us, kind of our rage quit brother in spirit. We have Dixon. What's going on, Dixon? I'm doing great, especially after we finished that last tournament. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I went three and one, but that last game, I learned so much. That's <laughs> awesome. So much. Yeah, uh, and this is kind of what we're talking about today is actually your brainchild. Uh, you and I have had some discussions about one of our, uh, I don't know, I'd say your most hated strategy out of this gaining ground one. So we're actually going to talk about gaining ground one. Uh, of course, we're Rage Quit Wire. We're going to do this a little bit different. We're not going to be as productive because we like to bitch a little bit. So <laughs> we're going to talk about some of the things we don't like, uh, but we will preface it with some things we do like because obviously we play Malifaux and we love it. So we don't hate everything. There's just some things that really piss us off. <laughs> So we're going to talk about that stuff. Definitely. Uh, I did want to start off by letting everybody know to make sure you are checking out uh, the new website that we launched. It is up running. It is ragequitwire.com. Uh, on that website, that's where we're going to be publishing a lot of our battle reports that'll link to YouTube. That's where we have articles. I've already written several articles that, uh, depending on the time of night, they may or may not make sense. Depends on how my crazy thoughts are going. Uh, we have just different types of content you can consume through there. Uh, we also, for those of you that join our Patreon uh, at patron or sorry, patreon.com slash rage quit wire. We also set up a discord where you can come on, talk to people on the podcast and other people that are also patrons, or we also invited people that were on the show before. So lots of cool things coming down the pipe. We released a Malifaux battle report where Chris, just decided not to score points till turn five. <laughs> yep, yep, absolutely. Sometimes it happens. So, Chris, I mean, you were trying to score points. You were just I surprised. Was. I, I had a strategy I in mind. Stuff. Yes, I, I was. I had a strategy in mind. You were supposed to follow it. You didn't. So everything caved. Yeah. So that that was a fun game. Uh, just so everybody knows, we love the feedback everybody gave. There was some productive stuff. Some people saying, you know, Chris has a high whiny voice, but that's okay. I was thinking high nasally, you know, nerdy <laughs> voice, but I mean, that's fine too. I'll take whiny. Yeah, no. So, I mean, it's been mostly positive, a lot of great feedback. So please keep that coming because we're going to keep improving uh, that video content. Uh, we're right. actually using the new, new patrons that we have to help us improve that video content next. So thanks for all the support. If you want to support us directly, that's how you do it. So we love Malifaux. We're prefacing this episode with that. Hell so yes. <laughs> let's start with something about Gaining Grounds 1 that you guys are fans of. So what's something that you really enjoy about this current um, iteration of Malifaux? 
So I want to open the floor for Chris. Chris, please say your stuff first because I, I have quite a bit. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of Gaining Grounds 1. I mean, I, I love the, uh, the randomness of each of the games that you can, uh, that you can play. Um, there's nothing that I, I, I massively love about it. I mean, I, there's a lot, of, a lot of schemes in the pool that when I see them, you know, it, it gives me a lot of good ideas. Um, one of my favorite things about uh, gaining grounds is uh, is actually corrupted ley lines because of the maneuverability that you have to bring. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Chris. So you like corrupted ley lines, which I'm also a pretty big fan of ley lines. But what what's your favorite scheme? Like when you see it in the scheme pool, you're like, oh, I love this scheme. That one's one of my favorites. Uh, uh you know, I actually I love research mission. Which, which is funny because we're going to talk about a lot of people who hate that one. Which is funny because everyone else hates it. But I have, it, being a reser, I have a lot of uh, a Tokens. lot of dependable token, you know, yeah. generating models. So I, I love Research Mission. Yeah, so I would say that I definitely noticed that you love that one, and I'd say most times you score both points off that one when you take it. I do. I do, almost every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Uh, let's open it up to you, uh, Dixon. What do you uh, what do you find that you really love about Gaining Grounds One, and then I'll add on top of it. So I love Corrupted Idols. First of all, absolutely love it. Symbols of like symbols. Basically, I love all but one of the strategies and four schemes. Like you meant you meant you meant corrupted ley lines, right? Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, you said, you, said, you said corrupted idols. So I use corrupted idols whenever I play it, and I play mostly vassal. So I apologize if, if I speak. But yes, yeah. I meant corrupted ley lines. Uh, basically, except for public enemies and four schemes that I just—I'm not going to even mention right now. I'm going to mention later. I, I love everything. I research mission is fantastic because it makes certain crews actually better at that scheme, and it's not super broken, and it's not guaranteed one point because you can remove schemes. Uh, it, it just, I love that in GG1, there's a lot more opportunities for different crews to shine. Mm -hmm. I remember one of the things that I hated about GG0 is that there was, uh, I don't know if it was a strategy or a scheme, but uh, Arcanist would literally stay, have one model stay in the deployment zone. It was usually a Metal Gaman, or it was a Metal Gaman, and literally all it did was interact, move, interact, move, in, for five flipping turns. It was yeah. a frustrating thing. I hated it. It was just like, you're not interacting with me at all. You're not even moving forward. Well, uh, I don't see a lot of that in GG1. Yeah, and I was going to say, in Gaining Ground Zero, you had a lot of schemes that literally it, you you really didn't have a lot of ways to interact with your opponent with it. It was like there was one where it was near the board edge on the center line. There was a couple where it's like you had to just put a couple scheme markers down in random spots in the back. And there was a lot of ways where you could really just not interact with your opponent. And I feel like in Gaining Grounds 1, they got rid of a lot of the schemes that that had that kind of positional thing. And it really, when you look at the positional game in Gaining Grounds 1, a lot of it is focused on the center of the board. Like you look at things like Leave Your Mark and Claim Jump and things like that and you're, you're just getting a lot of interaction in the middle of the board even the strategies like corrupted ley lines and strategies like symbols of authority is encouraging you to 
you have to interact, you have to move forward. You can't just sit back. So I think that's really strong in gaining grounds one, because anytime you have something in a game that encourages engagement between the players, you're going to have a more interesting game. When I can play zip and just totally ignore you and just go do my thing, that's a boring game. It's like nobody wants to play that game unless you're a lame ass. I sure as hell don't like playing against you with it. <laughs> well, see, I even play zip a little differently where, yeah, I'm going to do the zip thing and go scheme, but I also bring cool models like first mate and I like to punch you in the face with them. So, I mean, there's, there's a difference there, right? Okay, I need to hear your pointers on how the hell does Zip scheme, because Zip can't interact. So I assume you're talking about his crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I say Zip, I'm talking about the crew, not Zip himself. Thank you, Jesus, because I was confused for like a second. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're over here at this podcast, Dixon, we like to shoot generalizations out, so you got to keep up. Ah, uh, nuts. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're not known as the technical podcast, okay? If you're looking for clean play and you know all these fancy technical terms not always going to get them i'm like the chris farley of the podcast world with a name like rage quit wire i I was assuming that it was like college and you were like a like a professor with tenure yeah (laughs) that is not the case (laughs) Uh, so yeah i mean a lot of good things about gaining grounds ones and the changes they made so chris i know you weren't part of Malifaux yet because you came in basically at gaining ground one. Yeah, but, right at the beginning. But Dixon, what about some of the changes they made to some of the models and some of the crews that they errated? What are what did you think about those changes that were positive? Um, so I had to relearn uh, Sarita because mm-hmm. because uh, of the nerf. Yeah, a lot of the nerfs that they did to her were weird, and some of them I can't even remember correctly. Like for example. If I remember, she had one more deep, uh, one more speed. I mean, one more movement. She could make the doll at the beginning of her activation. I don't and think she needed yeah. line of sight for the looking through she, other models, right? Right, right, right. She didn't need. It wasn't an aura. It was just within twelve inches of her, so you didn't need yeah. that because it wasn't even targeting. Uh, so yeah, she was really out, like way od. And then uh, the changes were such that when I start playing her again, it took me. A considerable amount of time before I felt like I was good with her. Like, more than 20 games. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the models that they tweaked, they were they were good. And you're going to hear some people that argue that, you know, like Terra might have got nerfed into the ground. But I think generally speaking, most things they they nerfed with, you know, a scalpel and not a, not a chainsaw. So I was so, pretty happy with those. So Terra, I would say she was nuked from orbit because... I have yet to see a Tara. Like, yeah, Tara I mean, you're not wrong. Disappeared from, and I play a uh, freaking Vassal, which is, means there's no uh, excuse or anything. You can literally play whatever you want. I have never, ever seen anybody play a Tara crew. The only thing I saw with the keyword was the stupid nothing beast. And I saw it twice. Yeah, and there was and- one guy, the same guy playing it because it I- loved the model. I think that when you look at it, Dixon, I think that shows you, though, that I would argue that if that's the case where because one model got nerfed, it wasn't the whole crew. Right. It was just whatever their henchman's name is. Yeah. He just got nerfed. And to me, it's like if that one model makes it where you can't play a crew, then I think the crew needs to be looked at because one model should not make the crew. 
yeah, I was actually having that conversation with my last opponent. Uh, I was playing a casual game, and at the end, like always, you start talking, and uh, I said, the worst master in the game is Terra, and he just, like, was unbelievable. Like, no way, dude. There's no way that she's the worst. Like, bro, when was, when was the last time you saw a Terra crew on, on the table or on Vassal? And he just, he just was quiet a little bit. He's like, oh. Tara <laughs> now is, that you mention it. Tara is so bad that Chris ordered a box and hasn't picked it up yet. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know that. I didn't order anything. But you paid what, for it. That wasn't, he's like, that wasn't me, bro. <laughs> but you paid for it. We have the receipt and your credit card information. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that is so sad, dude. But yeah, yeah, like there's a few uh, uh, crews like that. Like Tony Ironside is not bad, and I haven't seen her. And I know that she's been played because I've been looking at the uh, yeah, information for the tournaments. Yeah, but the, the information for the tournaments literally Tony Ironside hey. has been played. Hey, you want to know what feels bad, Dixon? What's is play, playing Zoraida against Tony. And then getting stuck in with Tony and not able to do anything else. <laughs> I was about to say you had that one horrible game against I like, this Tony is, like this is terrible with Zoraida. Oh, it was so funny. Dude, the thing is that people forget how good Tony is until you have to start fighting her. Like yeah. there's another model that has caught in the ring with me, and he's an explorer's. And every single time that, that model happens, I'm like, oof, it feels just like Tony. It's like, fuck, I gotta fight this thing. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's a lot of great stuff happening with Gaining Grounds 1. I really like a lot of the changes they made with the erratas, the models, uh, the, the changes they decided to make in the schemes and strats. But like I said, we want to focus on things that we don't like because I don't care who you are. It feels good to bitch a little bit. So that's what we're going to do. So get your fun hat on. We're going. (laughs) So let's start with kind of the main reason we're talking, because this Dixon is the reason why you wanted to have this conversation. And that's public enemies. So public enemies, just to kind of let everybody know the way it generally works for the strategy is you kill stuff, which, you know, you might say, oh, cool. I like killing stuff. I know Chris loves killing stuff. I love killing stuff. (laughs) So you might get excited. And okay, how do you win by killing stuff? Well, when you kill something, you get these bounty tokens. Okay, that's cool. Well, here's the thing. You only get a certain amount of bounty tokens for how many points the model's worth. So if it's a crappy model, you only get one. Okay, model two. You get like a, what is it, eight or nine or up, and it's a three three bounty tokens you get. The problem I have with this strategy is the main thing is if your model dies with those bounty tokens, then they're wiped out. So you can't score. And yep. I think you need at least three to score on turn two. I think that's right. Turn two, you need three. And then yeah. one more for every other point. Uh, yeah. Actually, actually uh, to be a little bit clear, uh, first time you score, you need two. Second time you score, you need three. And then you need four and then five. Okay. So I don't know about you guys. And thanks for clarifying that, Dixon. That just shows you how much I... Because honestly, unless it's just to freshen up on it, I yeah. really try not to play public. Enemies. I have never scored more than twice. Unless I've, I, I was going to say, I've only gotten two is the max yeah. I've gotten. Well, that's because you have to be wiping out your opponent to the point of he didn't even play the game. Yeah. And and also not do any of the other tricks that I'm about to say in a second after you finish talking about your point. Oh, good. Yeah, well, I know what you're going to say, and I'll give you my example 
after Chris gives his two cents. So Chris, is this the strategy that you don't like the least or you hate the most or you don't like, or how would you word it? How would I word public enemies? Uh, Yeah, I don't like public enemies at all (laughs) um, because depending on the schemes, you may go against an enemy that will never interact with you. Yeah. There's so much downside to public enemies. Uh, it, it, yeah, I don't like public enemies. Well, and I haven't done this when we played, Chris, because I think it's a, a move for jerks. But a lot of people, when they play public enemies, like to play lists that replace. So or, Dixon, or oh, absolutely. Oh, or go ahead, Dixon. Insignificant. No, no, no. It's you're right. It's either replace the model or insignificant models, because there's nothing in the the list that says that you can you cannot play insignificant models. Yeah, so you're sitting there killing stuff, and either it. So the the big one that I used was uh, when I played Outcast. I would bring a Desolation engine. Well, when you kill it, it gets replaced with a little Abomination. So yep. you go you go from like a ten stone model, and it replaces. So now you get points if you kill like a four stone model or whatever the hell an Abomination is. And to everybody that says, "Oh, you just have to have uh, anti," uh, Anti-demise or anti-place uh, tech. There's four factions that have neither. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's not like it's everywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you're talking about with Neverborn because Neverborn can do either. Like there's well, nothing well, in Neverborn. Like, are you playing? Are you playing Ten Thunders? No. Oh, no, no. Ten Thunders has it. Ten Thunders has uh, anti-demise. Well, well, that that's what I'm saying. It's like Ten Thunders is like one of the factions that you can oh. pick it in like a versatile model. I got you, B. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's just, I think it's it's hard to score points on, especially after that second turn. Yep. And it, it also is just encouraging you just to destroy your opponent, right? Like, obviously, you want to win, but you, like when you table somebody, it's like, okay, I mean, sure, but that doesn't really feel good when you do it, right? I mean, it, you might get a good chuckle out of it, but you're not going to feel good about making your opponent sit through a miserable experience. Yeah. Um. So I think whenever I've played public enemies, I've focused more on the schemes. So I pick the best schemes that I can run and try to get four out of that because I know I'm only going to get one or two off the strap. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. That's what I do too. So, I mean, how, Dixon, you've, uh, you've put more thought into this than I think I have because I just choose to ignore it than actually solve the problem. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's that's the American way. But... How, how would you fix this strategy if they weren't going to replace it, which honestly, I think they will. How would you fix it? My, my quick fix would be the tokens don't go away. They stack. I mean, to fix. Uh, okay, so I'll say fix the strategy. Yes. But uh, before that, I would just not have the strategy. I would just put Turf War again. Um, Turf War was fun. Yeah. So uh, to fix the strategy, I would... Make it so that the tokens pass to the nearest significant model. That's it. Okay. Yeah, nearest significant model. Uh, they have it right now, I believe, in line of sight for the purpose of if an a enemy model dies uh, by a condition or something else, it goes uh, to the nearest enemy model within line of sight. So yeah. that's why not use the exact same wording for whenever the person having the tokens dies. Well, also, I, and this is kind of another argument that I have, is yeah. if you look at it, you already have recover evidence. 
mm-hmm. which is already a Achilles scheme or sorry, Achilles strat. So we, I don't think we really need public enemies because you already have one that's super focused on killing. So I feel fair. like do something more interesting. That is fair. Um, I don't know if I agree, but that is fair. I mean, I mean, would you like another Achilles like strat, or would you prefer something else? You already said, I guess. Um, what what's the turf one that war. you said? Turf war. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's killing based, but it also has some like strategy to it as well. You're not just Correct. obliterating your opponent. Yeah. So yeah. it would be tough. I mean, it would be tough to pick out a, a fourth strategy that. I mean, it, it's almost like it needs to be there though, because corrupted ley lines is all about maneuvering around the board. Hmm. Symbols is all about go, getting across the board. Yeah. Recover so you, evidence is so all you're about saying, surgical uh, strikes. So you're saying even it out with another Killy strat, Chris? Yeah, with with another Killy strat, but you need to fix the problems with public enemies. Uh, yeah. Like you, I mean, you mentioned one of the biggest problems is tokens. You know, put the tokens on the side of the board instead of on a particular model. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, I would also look at. If you're having problems with this replace mechanic, you could even do it where it's like, okay, if a model dies, you get those tokens. But then if you kill the replace model, you get those tokens as well. So I think that would be another easy, quick fix to solve that problem. Absolutely. Make it make us a trigger some replace as well. Yeah. So make that would actually that would actually kind of kill a couple of crews, but I think for the benefit of the game. If you want to keep that strategy, then yeah, that would be a nice fix. Honestly, you have, like I said, turf war to choose, plant explosives, which are very solid. They they can be game, yes, but they are very solid because they allow you to go all over the map mm-hmm. for both of them. So I would literally just rather swap it out. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and see, I, I actually think that's kind of where it'll happen because. That's why I like Malifaux as a game, because as they rotate through the different packages of the strats and schemes, I I think it's very smart to be like, okay, let's keep one or let's keep two and let's replace the other two. Uh, So I I think they got a good system to get rid of the ones that aren't popular. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So are there any of the other strats that, I mean, I think we like the other strats or I I personally love love corrupted ley line so if you, any, any of you have a problem with that come no, on no corrupted ley line the reason why i was saying i love it the most is because it's achievable by everyone mm-hmm. Every I mean, it, it, it's legit achievable by anyone symbols not so much you got to have you know you have to be able to outmaneuver your opponent recover evidence you've got to again be able to surgically strike you've got to hit the pieces that have the the, the information on them also, uh, Intel, I Intel, to because there's a lot of people that says if you get corrupted ley lines and and corners, it's basically you cannot stop your opponent from scoring one, maybe two points. Yeah, but I say I agree. Why not just increase corners to I believe now it's like eight or nine inches. So I, I, I basically increase it by three or four inches more, and that should be fine. Well, and Corners is way too far away. Corners is way too far away. I like what uh, I like what one of our patrons, Powell, said. Where I like how you can because you can't score turn one, but I like on ley lines how you can plan turn one. Like you can go, okay, I'm gonna set this one up to score for two, and then I can go ahead and set up for my future turns. 
you because can it, though. you can okay. lure, you can obey, and you can bring it. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Anyway, so than I. Yeah, and that's why it's a great scheme because it's not like an auto. It's like, oh, you put the lodestone over there too early. Now I'm going to lure you away, or now I'm going to, you know, do whatever. So you're right. There's, and that's a good strategy when your opponent has some agency in, you know, thwarting your plan. Yep. 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 I will say though, I think my favorite. I I don't know. I there's a lot of there's a lot of things I like about symbols of authority. I like because I like getting in the middle and then pressing to my opponent's side. So that's that's one that I like a lot too. I try to play like if it's football and you just try to like set the line of scrimmage and then you just have like you know somebody the <laughs> just go way wide down the road and nobody's yeah. like, should we go after that guy? Nope. <laughs> that's right, my well, favorite way to play it. Yeah, it, it's fun. It's it is definitely like going to get going to score the points, yep. but. I mean, it sounds like we have a consensus, though, that if one of these has to go, it has to be public enemies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I can I'm, agree with I'm that. Not a yep. Huge fan of recover evidence, but if we have to only pick one, then yeah, because I could bitch about recover evidence too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's negative about recover evidence that you don't like? It forces the thing that I don't like about uh, a lot of the meta, especially the aggressive meta, whereas you only have six models. And I don't enjoy that. Like I'll play it, and I'll try to do my best, but I don't like playing, you know, highly elite crews. Yeah, because I think you're saying that if I'm going to have to put this on five models, or is it four models? I think it's four. No, it's five. It's is five it? models. Yeah. Yeah. So if you only have to put it on five, you're going to put it on the toughest five models you can bring. Yep. So that I think that's what he's saying, Chris. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I understand if you guys enjoy it. I, I I play it. I enjoy the rest of the stuff, like the schemes and stuff. Depending on the pool, <laughs> I can have a lot of fun. It's true. Denying and, and getting the schemes is much, much more interesting. So are there any of the schemes that you guys just hate? Are there any of these where you see them and like, this is fucking trash. I'm moving on. Yeah, yes. take prisoner. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. No, I, I disagree vehemently. No. Okay, well... Chris, Chris, what don't you like about Take Prisoner? I don't think you know. I, I, I yeah. I, apparently, I don't know. No, I'm re, I'm rereading Take Prisoner right now. I'm coming up with my, with my uh, disagreement here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Master Baby Jesus. <laughs> um, I hate the the four that I'm gonna say. I hate, but for like weird reasons. Um, okay. I hate runic uh, binding. It's it's okay. Damn near unachievable unless you play on purpose into it because you don't care if your opponent gets one point. Like, literally, you have to, like, all right, I'm going to get two points if I do this action, but my opponent will get one. Eh, whatever. <laughs> I'm serious, too. Like, it's you can see it a mile away because he's, like, drop it here, drop it here. Oh, but, crap. It's but aren't get- there certain <laughs> crews, Dixon, that can do that relative? Are, like, aren't there some crews that just shit out a ton of scheme markers? As far as I know, there's only two. Yeah, it's like what Parker and somebody else. Nelly. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Yeah, there's Nelly. not a lot. Not that many. And I misspoke. I'm sorry. It was not take prisoner. It's catch and release. I still think you're wrong, but okay. I I personally <laughs> don't. I and it's funny because I read I read uh, take prisoner and I was like, wait a second, this is not what I'm talking about. This scheme is not <laughs> a bad yeah. one. Uh, catch and okay. release is is the one that I have a, the most issues with ever scoring 
And that's because it puts a weak model, uh, in most cases, a weak model um, just too far into uh, the clutches of the enemy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this one's kind of reserved for if I have more activations than you and I have this model going uh, last, I can get an easy kind of point at it and then just try to get them out of there um, before you can do anything. I think this would be a perfect one for like uh, what you play with, Chris, with your resers. I, I could see you doing this with a Necropunk and probably getting both points off of it. Yes, with a Necropunk, something along those lines, absolutely. Um, but a lot of the other models, I mean, minions are just, they're they're too flaky. Yeah, so, I, think, I think it depends buddy, on, on you and your crew for sure. So my buddy, uh, Wilson, he pretty much always has a designated model in every crew that he has for this specific scheme. And <laughs> I have yet to see him not score it. That's fair. I'm serious. Like he has survivors, he has geishas, he has like literally like this model in this crew, this model in that crew, and he always gets it. Like it's not it is not easy. It's but that's what schemes should be. My my other three schemes, like I said, I absolutely hate runic binding because you have to play into it and you pretty much see it a mile away. Yeah. And you have to do it because you you figure out you're gonna get more points than your opponent anyway. Or you just deny it and just say F it. So yeah. I don't like it. I think it needs to be reworked a little bit. Um, I don't know. I don't know how they do it, but yeah. The other one is leave your mark. Do not like it. <laughs> I think the beginning one, the reveal is too easy to reveal, and then the the end game is a little too hard. So it, it's kind of funny because I have one that's similar, and it's for a similar reason. Um, maybe not because it's easy to score the first time. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like claim jump. I think that uh, that's that's uh, the number of third. Yes, yes, I'm with because, you. Because I think claim jump one, it, it, there's too many. This one of the strategies, which is one of the big ones. If you if you're playing corrupted ley lines, I don't see why you would ever take claim jump just because there's going to be stuff in the middle and you're probably not going to score it. And it, it's kind of easy to see it coming. And there's a lot of stuff in this pool that basically encourages interaction in the middle. So I just think it's a, it's actually, if you know, if you have an opponent who knows uh, anything about gaining grounds one, I think it's a very difficult one to score unless you're playing a crew that just doesn't want to interact. Uh, I think the times I've seen Chris score on it when we've played is because I'm just playing a crew that doesn't want to be anywhere near the middle. But besides, but besides that, it, it usually just doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And the other one I don't like is let them bleed. That's one I'm not a fan of either. Huh. I'm just, I don't like going after the highest cost model. I, d I don't like being forced to go over the highest point models. If I'm going to be forced to do that with a crew, I would rather go for assassinate. So I'm probably not going to take let them bleed that often. I'm more likely to go for assassinate, mainly because I like headhunting, but that's just me. Okay, that's fair. Um, not bad. <laughs> it's like what? Do you like Let Them Bleed? I do, but it's one of the my least scored ones. Like I, I actually have problems scoring it. Well, I think it would be. I think it's it's because you have to pick. Like, well, you don't even get to pick. It's just whatever the two highest point models are, and if you don't capitalize on them, and depending on what they are, they can just be uh, just a bitch to take down so 
I mean, you're going after the two toughest models. So there's just going to be some times where the defensive mechanics just screw you over of that model. So that yeah. that's just something I've noticed. Let them bleed is difficult. Absolutely. What were some? I do love it though. Unfortunately, no, it's, that's just because you like doing shit, man. That's what it is. Yeah. All right. So Dixon, you ended up posting about like some of these schemes and stuff, asking people what they thought about them. What were some of the common things you saw people not liking about the current schemes? So the guy that said I really like public enemies way better than reckoning. I was like, hell no, <laughs> hell no. Like I think reckoning is equally bad. But there is no way that one is worse than the other. Like they're both, like, there is a bottom, and they're both swimming out there. <laughs> it's really bad. Like uh, the plant explosive one, though. Uh, I gotta say, I I, I played it on uh, one of the tournaments we have over the summer. Uh, yeah. We had as a surprise on the fifth round. It was plant explosives, and I was like, "What? Uh, how do you play this?" <laughs> It's interesting. Yeah, like I I barely won. I played against Dave Gildia, and it was like. Uh, I had to like learn the strategy on the fly, really, because like I read it and I was just like, "Fuck, <laughs> like, how do I do X?" God damn it! <laughs> but the thing that saved me is that it was Jack Doll versus Gil, so I had a little bit of time to actually yeah learn it. So yeah, I, I also see that a lot of people also don't like runic binding. Uh, it's garbage. It's a garbage. <laughs> I, I literally said it. It's like it's, a matter of fact. Decide whether or not your opponent gets a point. Matter of fact, Kenny Lyle says it's fucking trash. I hate it. Kill it with fire. Waste of time. <laughs> yep. Yep. Kevin Smith had like a giant rant of it. Holy shit. He's just like at the same time. <laughs> very last I'm, time he had. Holy crap. I'm, I'm just sitting there like good. Good. <laughs> I know. You, I saw your response. So funny. <laughs> I was like, I missed Turf War. We lost her too soon. Tom, I feel your pain, man. I feel your pain. <laughs> like Turf War was fun. Like yeah. there's so many. Like it's in, in basically a lot of the things that we just talked about. It, it we're not the only ones. We, we don't. We're not the only ones that feel this way. Let me put it that way. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. sad. But see, here's the thing, though, and I do want, like, this is kind of bashing on some of this stuff, and th and that's fine because yeah. we can, right, America? But, yeah, <laughs> but the point is, I, I also want this to be something where, and I know there's a couple people at Weird that will occasionally listen to the cast, that this isn't to bash to discourage because I want to encourage developers to try new schemes and strats. But you also want to recognize where it's like, hey, remember, that one was bad. And <laughs> I think a lot of people, I, I don't know if you saw it, but it was, um, oh, who was it? Oh, it was John. It was John Fox. He wanted to bring back supply wagons, which I think a lot of people didn't like. I don't remember it because I, I think supply wagon he, that I remember was in V1, I think. I think he said it was something like you had to push a wagon to like your opponent's side or something. And I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, if he's talking about the V1, you have to use an action to move the wagon uh, a unit. I forgot how much it was, but you, it was fairly doable. Both of you <laughs> had a wagon. You moved it to the center. Once the wagon was in the center, uh, you were good to go. Uh, so you basically have to have one or two models try to move the wagon. It was is legit, honestly. Well, God, you, you know, that's what I'm looking for in you know a game is something that's fairly doable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No, seriously. Like I, I want something that is both challenging and actually doable, and I don't feel like runic binding follows that criteria. Yeah. So do you think that 
when they're making these schemes, do they need to be how what's the percentage you think that needs to fall on between being difficult and then being doable? Like this is something you can score on, but it's also kind of difficult. Like where's the mix on that? So I already have a like a baseline. I always want to make a game between 60-40 and 55-45 between top and bottom. So whenever I make a scheme, I want to make sure that most of the crews can actually fulfill that without it being too easy, like leave your mark or claim jump. So you're saying those are too easy? I think they are. Okay. I, I pick I pick those two literally like 90% of the time when they're in the pool because I feel that they're incredibly achievable. I just have to keep my opponent out of the middle and then just sneak in one. Now, I don't hate leave your mark. I just wish that... It was two for reveal and two for end game, meaning you leave two markers within four at the center, and then you get to remove them for the reveal, and then you leave two markers within the four inches of the center for the uh, the end stuff. That way, your opponent sees one marker being put down and then has chance to react. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I can see that as opposed to a last activation drop it get your point. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I've I've heard some people say that schemes like that, so any scheme that basically can encourage a last activation, I win, is something you might want to be wary of putting in the pool. Yep. Because I know that turn five, if you have the last activation, there's a couple of these schemes that you can score pretty much automatically. So, uh, Chris, what about you? Like, do you want it to be more difficult or do you want it to be something where you think it's more accessible for everybody to score on it? What's your kind of take on that? Something more accessible for everyone to score off of it. Okay. So are you, do you think there's some of these schemes that are too specific then? Well, I mean, the, the most common one right there is runic binding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone hates runic binding. Uh, they're, I, I they're, haven't seen anybody take it. Yeah, I've never seen anyone take it in any of the games that I've ever played. <laughs> I've never time. seen Runic Binding and been like, hmm, you want to know what? I'm taking that some bitch. The one time I ever saw it played uh, was my friend Wilson. He scored it on me, and it was literally because of what I said. Like, I had He, he did it for GQ points. <laughs> he probably did. But it was like it was so funny because I was like, I have a Korofi, the, the Duet, and uh, Hinamatsu. And all three of them are inside the bubble. And I am, I know I'm inside the bubble, but I'm like, I have to kill everything that's in this area. And I kill all but one of the models that was in that area. And he's like, got the point. And I was like, and I got two. <laughs> 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 like, I was like, I can't stop you from scoring. <laughs> but I need to get in the game went actually way closer because of that point that he got. I mean, so like, literally. So I learned my lesson. I was like, I can't just give you that point either. It's actually better. To, like, yeah, I got two points, but I was so far away from my crew that it took me an entire turn to go back to the fight. Let's see here. I think that another one that I saw was kind of interesting that kind of talks about what we're uh, currently talking about is I think any time that either a strategy or a scheme makes the game feel the same, I think you want to evaluate rotating it out. So anytime that... It's and I think Dane just used the recover evidence and the um, and the ones we were talking about with claim jump in the middle where it's like there's you want to discourage games that are going to end up the same way where it's like oh well I'm going to leave my mark and then well I'm in the middle anyway so I might as well just go ahead and do claim jump and oh yeah we're in the middle anyways because of you know ley line so. 
those games can start feeling the same if you don't mix it up enough. So I think that's something else that needs to be encouraged when we're looking at the different schemes we want to look at. Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, one of the, the best things about Malifaux is, I mean, you know, as many games as you and I've played together, Pete, uh, we, we very rarely ever come across a game that feels the same. I will say though, like playing recover evidence and the schemes that like claim jump and leave your mark, those games tend to feel the most similar because I mean, Chris, how many times, I mean, if we play recover evidence and I'm playing by you, which crew am I bringing? Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm bringing Ken, right? Oh, that's funny. And you, you and are. you know it's coming, and you want to know what? It's probably going to do okay because they're good at killing. Yeah, they are. So that's that's something that also looking at your schemes and strats, you want to be like, okay, we're starting to see too many of this crew or too many of that crew. So that's something else we got to keep in mind. Uh, speaking of crews, so with the way the game is balanced currently, are there any crews or masters or models that you guys are starting to realize? And I realize we're in a pandemic and people aren't playing live as much, but from what we're seeing in Gaining Grounds 1, are there any models or crews that are like, maybe need to be tweaked? Oh, yeah. I'll guarantee. Okay. Like, like what? I like all mine. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, minions and some enforcers that I would buff. Okay, you got you got like an example there, Dixon. Killjoy, Killjoy. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm being 100. percent When was the last time you saw Killjoy on the table? Well, to be fair, I don't play a lot of Fae, so that's on you. Yeah, but uh, all of, yeah, it's true. Uh, I have absolutely no reason to play some of the Fae models. Like I know that people are like, oh, the. Uh, the ability that the knights have, uh, what is it called? Challenge? Yeah, challenge. challenge one. I played it. It's fine. There are way better picks. And, and the reason why you see a lot of versatile models and a lot of crews is usually more because their own minions and in, 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 uh, some of their own uh, enforcers are not good. So I would, yeah. I would actually ask weird, please buff some of those crews rather than like take a look at the models that are getting picked a lot because... You know, I don't know. It's hard to explain, but basically, yeah, no. I mean, I I agree with that. I mean, you know, you always want to to encourage taking your own keyword, and if you're more commonly taking a versatile model than uh, a model in your keyword, then hey, give those keywords some love. Yeah, that's it's a problem, dude. Like, I actually yeah. find it to be an issue that I cannot find a reason for me to pick Killjoy over the Mysterious Emissary. Like, I absolutely have no reason whatsoever. But to be fair, like, in Fae, Mysterious Emissary is, like, the one spot that that works really well. I don't disagree, but I wish there was, like, <laughs> some reason for me to actually say, okay, I'll pick Killjoy this time. They should they should change both of those. They should change Killjoy and... Because <laughs> I actually have the Emissary, right? And He's, he's only good in one list. It's yeah. a sweet model, but I can't really justify bringing in another crew for Neverborn. Yeah, he's and, not good in anything else. No, no, he's great in Pandora. Eh, well, I mean, I to be fair, I like... Having better put picks those, in Pandora. I haven't put the... Well, I play Pandora a specific way that I, I love punishing, oh, but... Gotcha. <laughs> but you want to... Now that you said that, maybe I'll give it a try there, Dixon. Uh, I only pick him when the terrain is bad. Like he's, he's not an always pick. He's a, oh, the terrain is pretty bad. I'm going to pick him. 
or I pick the the hooded rider, and that's the only reason oh, why you it. see them in those lists. That yeah, because they can ferry around models because. Sometimes the terrain is so bad that you don't want to be beelining to one little part. Yeah, the hooded rider is a Pandora auto include for Pete. Yeah, I wouldn't say auto include, but he's definitely in there probably, you know, seven out of ten times. He he, he picks Pandora up and takes her for a ride, puts her where she wants to be. That's <laughs> yeah, very, very depressing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I would say that I would actually there's some minions that actually there's a lot of minions that I think are pretty solid. Uh, but like an example of one where I'm just like, okay, I don't like this model at all. I played McCabe and I tried to bring a ruffian and I'm like, okay, these ruffians kind of fucking suck. I'm like, they die and they're supposed to bash, but they don't hit very hard. So sure. Question mark. I, I didn't know what to do with them. I was I kind agree. Of, no, no, no. I was no, no. You're right. That's the type of stuff that I'm talking about. I wish those models were, were picked. Like they actually had abilities to pick, and I and I honestly think that some of the ways you can fix it is to increase not the defensive side but their offensive side. If you increase the, the output higher, yeah. If you make the offensive side or more accurate, because if you make a side they actually do something, then people will pick it more, even okay. if they die. So here's a little quiz time, you know, a little real talk here. Yeah. How many five stone models do you actually find yourself bringing in Malifo? Because for me. Uh, I don't know if I bring a lot of five stone models. I mean, <laughs> if I'm scheming, I'm bringing uh, wick, uh, wicked dolls. I do like wicked dolls. They're fucking incredible. Yeah, we know you're a puppet, so yeah. <laughs> wicked dolls. I'm a puppet master, son. <laughs> Dude, I want to, and you want to? I hate, I hate, um, I hate vassal. But I, I would totally play a vassal game if you played the the what's the Kaladi Kalodi. I, I play Hinamatsu as a master. Yeah, see, that'd be cool too. Yeah, I no, I actually do it. I I think in Neverborn, uh, there's a few I would say great lists that can play into public enemies, and Hinamatsu is one of them because she can bring um, Korofis. Okay. Yeah, Korofis are insanely good in that in that strategy. So I also so here's kind of a short list of some of the five points and less models that I play somewhat frequently depending on the pool mm -hmm. so so i do like bringing the puppets and anybody that watched our battle report saw that the puppet did work the, the the puppet straight up got me like my you know symbols pretty much on chris's side of the board because he was too busy trying to run away from pandora hell yeah <laughs> trying to run <laughs> right there. into pandora <laughs> you're trying to punch through yeah <laughs> they're not there to do damage they're there to score your points exactly i like the flying piglets those are kind of cool too i like bringing that in bayou uh, just because it's like, okay, you can go after this flying pig if you really want. And the last model that I bring in by you that I'm like, okay, I love this. It's a five-point model, but I love it, are the lightning bugs. I freaking love lightning bugs. No way. Yeah, man. They like, Dude, so the thing that I use lightning bugs for the most, it's kind of a tech pick, is if you're bringing a lot of armor, I like bringing them for uh, just putting irreducible damage out there with their elemental bolt. And then they also heal your stuff, and they can put out scheme markers like six six away from their location. They're pretty little versatile whiz bang models. I like them a lot. Huh? You know, you're the first. I never even like seen these guys. That's, that's pretty cool. You, that's because you just got wonged. I know. I played against Wong now three times. <laughs> Dude, I, I love lost him. twice. I love Wong. <laughs> I love Wong. Wong He's is really, so good. Really good. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, the thing is, I played against him three times with 
Euripides, and Euripides loves to have AOE damage, and most of one crew doesn't give a crap. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I was like, like well, this, this is bad. No, so it's funny, though, just a quick side note. Chris actually said on a couple podcasts ago, he was like, you want to know what? Wong is good. And I had somebody message me, and they were like, they're like, so are you guys, like, fucking around when you're saying Wong is good? Because it sounds like you're messing around. I'm like, oh, no, I like Wong a lot, and Chris actually hates Wong. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. I was like, yeah, here's some cool tech picks for him. So, Absolutely. I so, think Wong Wong is almost an include in other, I mean, is a, is a second master. So I don't like second masters traditionally. I just don't like kind of like the whole purpose of them. I don't like how it feels. Uh, it feels, I feel dirty. So <laughs> I haven't played it, but for you, Chris, I will put Wong as a second master somewhere. We'll try it out. So Thank I you. feel like second masters in it's winnable, but it's, it's a, it's tough. It, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause it's, it's a 15 point model. Like, I don't care what yeah. people say. That's a 15-point model. It's hard to take down. Its abilities are really powerful. Well, 16-point model because it's not a keyword, so you're paying one extra point. No, but, like, when it comes to balancing the model, you see it as a 15-point model. Like, yeah, the tax is because he's coming in extra, but come on. Look at the, the Vicky. It's, it's, it's still a 15-point model or 24-point yeah. models. So, so let me ask you guys this because we're still talking about just kind of the balance of now crews in uh, in gaining yeah. grounds one, and I think we all agree we would like to see. I think that's the right way to do it with those minions is to make the upside good, but they're fragile; they're going to die. So, I think that's a great way to deal with it. But what I would ask you are: there are some models out there that are problems, and I think one that people are kind of talking about currently has to be Leviticus. So. Is Levit Leviticus a model that needs to be dealt with? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Question mark? He's a master, so... Well, Chris, you played him once, and you started seeing that he did dirty things, right? He does do a lot of dirty things. Um, I honestly... I'm going to be honest. I, I know a lot of people have said that he's powerful, and I have played him, and he has done great things, yes. But I don't see the OPness in him. Well, I think is the balance there, Dixon, that yes, he can kill you into the ground till you're dead, but you can scheme around it and play the game and still win. Correct. So that's a counterpoint to it where it's like, yeah, he's going to do that, but you can just, you know, mitigate him and do other things. Yeah. I mean, there's way more dangerous masters, in my opinion, out there. Uh, for example... Deal with Sandeep, deal with Von Stuck, vote Jan Lo, with... Uh... So, Chris played Von Stuck for the first time. Chris, what, <laughs> what did you think about Von Stuck? I like Von Stuck. Von Stuck is awesome. <laughs> I'm considering taking Von Stuck as a second master. He's good. Jesus, take the wheel. Like, no, no. <laughs> no. Can you imagine going Jesus against Von really Stuck as a second? Oh, mm -hmm. it's oh. going to be so good. Dude, no. Jan Lo, no. Von Stuck. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yeah, Von Stuck. Oh, that'd be, that'd be fun. Because, I mean, because think about it. I mean, his uh, his totem really doesn't do much. So, who well, cares? The funny, the funny thing was, and this is the same thing with Sandeep, right? Is that you? Chris has played both of those. So, I played against both those masters as well. And in all those games that we've played with those two masters, Chris is always like, I'm just drawing so many cards. <laughs> Look at all these cards I have, Pete. The first thing I would do is that, that study opponent trigger, I would only make it uh, when they win a duel. 
when they win a duel and they have the same suit as their opponent, then they get to draw a card. No. Yes. Well, because well, it's the same. It's the same thing. Well, so there's a lot of defensive triggers where it's like, oh, if you know you win the duel, like, and it's a defensive flip. Yep. Then you do damage, but if you lost the du the duel, then you don't do that damage during the defensive flip. So that's kind of what I think you're talking about, Dixon, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Like, why is it that you getting you get uh, stuff from losing constantly in in the Vunchtuk matchup? You you draw too many cards. You draw at least eight card per per activation. I mean, that's the same thing with uh, the Bayou. Uh, who is it? Um, I don't know what you're talking. When you about. cheat, when you cheat, you get to draw a card. Yeah, but you're giving up a re. Well, I guess you're also, kind of technically giving up. You can. Infamous and infamous showboating is once per activation, it's at the end of their activation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of caveats on that. Yeah, so I mean, that's the thing, though. And you also have to look at, you You also have to cheat to get that. So there's, there's you know, that trigger there. Whereas yeah. you have your activations in like Von Stuck. Or if you have your activations in Son Deep, where it's almost like you just accidentally draw cards. There's like, <laughs> it's just like, I oh. played a game. I play a game against a Vanshtuk player that literally used a Soul Stone to match a suit that I already had on my uh, on my attack, just so he could draw a card. And I was like, get the f really? <laughs> seems legit. Man, seems man you're giving up a stone to draw a card. That seems good. Use a stone, draw a card. I, no, it, like he, I think he won that game too. Like it's not, it's not that it's. How can I say? Because there's so many abilities that their crew has that are powerful. Like for example, by your side. Yeah, by your side. Think, and you would think, yeah, they can at least draw some cards to like, you know, be on par. But it, no, it's more than being on par. I've constantly seen all three of the undergraduates teleport across the table and they get an attack, attack and cheat, and they still have five or six cards in their hand. Yeah. That's outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> that should never be the case. Dixon's like, this is just damn silly. It is. There's a lot because I. That's the reason why I say, oh, people are talking about Leviticus. It's like, why? Yeah, he's strong. He's probably the strongest caster in in Outcast, but there are way stronger casters than him. And people <laughs> keep saying, no, 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 he's stronger than blah blah blah. I'm like, dude, Bunchstuck, Yambo, Khaled, and Sandeep. Unless you touch. Or any or all or the like at least half of the four that I just mentioned. I don't want to hear shit. Colette's <laughs> fun. Colette's fun, but she never did it for me. Why the hell does Colette have a better melee attack than a melee master like uh, uh, Nakima? Like that is outrageous. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and oh. that's, that's the thing where it's kind of like. So let me ask you this, Dixon, because I think you actually have a different opinion on uh, the current gaining grounds than a lot of other people have. And okay. I was actually talking about this in our patrons uh, discord. Right. There's a are lot. We, are of, we reeling it back into the main topic? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, that's what I do here, Chris. You know, <laughs> I, I keep keep the animals together here on the right path. It's I'm the like, voice I'm of reason. I'm the chef. <laughs> if I'm the voice of reason, we're in trouble. <laughs> no, but, I'm laughing. <laughs> but, but look at you look at summoners. I and I'm telling you, in the discord, we started talking about summoning yeah. and a lot of people think it's a problem. They think that you just eventually outvalue your opponent. And unless you kill the summoner, it can be a very uphill battle. I, I've yet to see that, but I understand. I understand where they're coming from, but I, I understand the concept. No, no. Cause I can understand where they're coming from, but I have yet to see proof. Like it's, it's, it's like a thing. Like I feel that the schemes and the, the, whatchamacallit, 
strats. The strategy that I mentioned need to be fixed, and the minions and the enforcers that I said. But fortunately, I only have empirical evidence. I mean, I only have um, fuck the evidence that you get only when you're doing by experience. I forget the the, the word practical. No, that's it's see that's the thing like English second language kind of thing personal. <laughs> I'll I'll remember it later. Sure. The point is the point is I only have that. I only have games that I play, games that I watch, and so far from the experience that I've written down and stuff, it seems that well those the, are the problem childs. Dixon, you and the dozens of listeners of the Rage Quit Wire and Rage Nation will not be surprised that. We don't focus on the math on this podcast. <laughs> I do. I will disagree with you. I focus on the math. And like, for example, one of the changes that I want to see, I want the last sentence from the phase abundant growth and the one that Killjoy has as well to be changed to these models ignore severe and concealment. If you do that, I will start using knights. Like Fair. right now, like right away. <laughs> well, and I'll tell you what, I think summoning is one of those things. And here's why I don't have a problem with summoners, right? Yeah. I think summoning is a is a problem, especially if you're a newer player where it just feels like you're you're kind of being cheated. Uh, but you don't necessarily look at the resources that they're putting out. I think unless you're a problem like Sand Deep, it's usually pretty you can you can work around it. Yeah. Uh, fighting against a summoner, it's a lot of times you're trying to pick out the key pieces. It's like, don't get bogged down by all the crap. You need to pick out like the actual problems. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the problem that a lot of people focus on is just like, there's so much value. How can I possibly get around this? But if you focus on the key pieces, that's going to be something that will help you kind of win the day. And the other problem that I think people have when they're playing summoners is the pace of play. Like when you play a summoner, I don't think people play fast enough to play those summoners. Well, I don't think you're going to get your points early enough playing a summoner to win a lot of your games. I think you're going to get bogged down with time. Yeah. Also, uh, some summoners, they, they're, in my opinion, are fine. For example, um, uh, dreamer, I think dreamer is fine because he requires a card or a stone or a combination of both in your hand. And he's not really, really available uh, card draw in the faction, right? Yeah. But Sandeep, just with yeah, mantras ridiculous. alone, yeah, just with mantras alone and getting focused, like he con- concentrate that model. Okay, I get to draw a card. I get to do this other thing over here. Heal. Yeah. Like it's stupid. Push. That, yeah. Everything. Right. So, so it's not the Sandeep summons. It's the package. People yeah. should be looking at it as like, yeah, the problem. Sandeep has a problem, but it's not because he summons. It's because of the package. He has way too much in his toolkit. Yeah, Sandeep's entire crew synergizes, which is why Sandeep is one of the the crews that you don't take a lot of versatile models with. You take Correct. keyword. Yeah, and and the and the actual synergies of the crew are such that you can actually like play just on keyword and you're gonna be fine. But uh, the there's one side of the keyword that's actually suffering the academics. When was yeah. the last time you saw an academic heavy crew? I think Chris just brought them because he's like, oh, look at these cool models. They are really cool. <laughs> I wish they had the. It's the knight that they have. They have a in the keyword. They have a knight, and I don't know the name because it's so. I've never seen it on the table. I read the card. That's it. It is. Oh my god! Oh my god! Not, neither of you. You both play the factions and don't even know the name. <laughs> oh, I don't play Arcanist. It's the is that Shastar oh. Vidya guard. That's the one. Yeah, that's. Uh, I brought him. He looks cool. Yeah, that's the push. 
right? Sure, sure. I don't sure. Yeah, that's the push. Two inches. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Follow my path. I, I mean, sure, I guess, but I've never seen them on the table. I've never seen them on on, on Vassal. If, <laughs> if there's a model that I have never seen, and I've played so many games, I'm almost breaking two hundred now, and I'm not even the person that plays the most on Vassal. And I'm pretty I sure know, that right? I asked them. And be like, yeah, I've never seen those models. <laughs> seen what do they do? <laughs> All right. So what I want to do next, guys, is as we're kind of wrapping up this podcast and looking at gaining ground one, the last thing that I want to do is I'm going to kind of go faction by faction. And I want you guys to give me one crew that you think like this crew probably needs the most help as far as improvements from gaining grounds one. Okay. The most help. In each yeah, faction. like they're All struggling right. the most. They're not seeing as much play. Maybe you've never seen it on the table. So we're just going to go faction by faction to kind of just see what we think about that. Okay. Huh. Oh boy. Uh, I know. I know. I'm gonna give you a second to think here. I, I'm gonna. I, think start- I, I know the fact. I know the crew, and I'm, I don't want to say it because I don't like them at all. <laughs> okay, so let's start with Arcanist. So Arcanist. What probably needs the most help out of Arcanus as far as crew goes? December. Okay, so we got one for December. Chris, December. what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. December is such a good crew that just lacks everything. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's beautiful slow, models. Isn't it? I don't know. It's so thematically, thematically and, and like the way that they look and, and hope into the lore, they're amazing. They're amazing. On the table, it, it just they feel lacking. It's lackluster. Yeah, it's absolute lackluster. Well, it, it kind of feels like you're doing a mini game of how many ice pillars you can get out, and then that's it. Well, the thing is that Euripides does it better. And I said that when we were doing the Neverborn podcast, and I still stand by it. I mean that that's fine. You you can say that. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I have literally prisoned down my entire the entire enemy crew. I played a game against Von Stuck on the third round of the of the tournament, and he had to switch strategies because he the only model that could go over the wall was the Valedictorian, and then the Valedictorian did that and then got punched by Thune and got removed from the game for the rest of the game. Nice. So I'm telling you right now, like. Euripides does ice pillows better. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, I'd. I'd probably say that. I'm also not a huge fan of Marcus. That's just me. So I might throw Marcus in that crew too. I just. I don't know. It, it like the upgrade game and kind of like. I was just gonna call him out when you said my uh, Neverborn. Okay. Well, I mean, you're gonna say that for Neverborn. That's perfect. <laughs> what about you, Chris? Do you think Marcus is the weakest in Neverborn? In Neverborn. I don't know. I mean, we brought up Faye earlier. Yeah, I mean, but, Tita- uh, Titania. Yeah, but the Master and a couple of the models uh, together—they're actually very strong, and they they do play. It's the the it's Killjoy specifically, and the minions—they're just bad. The mm-hmm. wild guys are serviceable, so I do use them every now and then, but they're they're bad. Like I use them specifically for for like a scheme running kind of thing, and only when I don't want to use the puppets because the puppets won't be surviving. I would say Marcus is the only master Neverborn I haven't played, just because I I think it looks boring and I don't want to play it. <laughs> you think it looks boring? You don't want to play it. What about uh, I, Euripides? I mean, you got your boy playing Euripides. You haven't I, played I, much. I haven't pl- I haven't played Euripides just because my son plays him, and I, I'm like, hey, that's your thing. I don't want to encroach on it. Dude, I want to teach your son how to crush your soul. Holy shit. That would be hilarious. I, I, I always thought Marcus was kind of fun. Marcus has playability. He's not the worst, oh, but not, I can not, see where you're coming. He's also not great. Yeah. 
No, no, he is the worst Neverborn, but he's not the nowhere near, in my opinion, the worst in the game. I mean, when I'm looking at Neverborn, I mean, I'm like, okay, we got Dreamer, Nakima, Pandora, Titania, Zoraida, even Euripides, and hell, even Lucius. I would play any of those masters before I even touch Marcus. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Marcus. He looks like Arcanist filth. There's a couple of top players that consider Lucius to be the best master in Neverborn. So yeah. I like Lucius. I don't know. I mean, Lucius is fun. I've played against him a lot against Pete. He's just... I'm just saying, like, they have brought him to, like, the top of the food. Like, my two best ca- uh, masters in, in Neverborn are Pandora and Euripides. Like, bar none. Like, I got good enough with Pandora and Euripides that now they're better than my Titania. I mean, Lucius could basically obey you to ice pillar around yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he could. <laughs> I, mean, that, that's the thing. I think Lucius is one of those masters where you have to just be very good with him and recognize the opportunities and it doesn't play straight. So you just got to get used to it, It's kind of like Zoraida almost where you just have to be very flexible in what you can do and what you can use your opponents to do. So it took me no, no joke. Almost three dozen games with Sarita to, to like be good. Like I said, more than twenty. I'm pretty sure I broke thirty. Yeah, and yeah. Pete's only playing Zerada a couple times. He's not good at Zerada. No, yeah. I'm not. <laughs> it's it's because it's significantly different. Like her speed four, you have to take that into account. You have to have vectors to be able to to obey out, and you have to sometimes obey from a point that will have concealment. So you have to take that into account. I like, guess so many little things you have to do with Sarita, but once you get good at her, it's, it's dirty. Models. I, I don't know how the hell I missed that the first like two dozen times, but she can erase models if the person that she's uh, going through the eyes of is a uh, is a beater. Like, like Bad Juju is disgusting. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Bad Juju like is beautiful. <laughs> I love the actual piece. It is amazing. Oh, okay, well, well, kind of talking about Zoraida's other crew, what do we think needs the most improvement in Bayou as far as crews go? Whew. Um, I think mine's easy. I think Brewmaster needs the most improvement. I, I was actually about to say Brewmaster. Brewmaster needs a lot of love. Dang. You're going to put out my, my boy like that? I am. I am putting him on blast. Dang. Well, <laughs> I have to join you guys in. I didn't want to say Brewmaster because I actually like him a lot. But no, playing dude, with Fox, the models yeah. and what they do look awesome. And you kind of see what they want to do. It just doesn't always get there. Yeah. Because I, I I, will say, though, the the majority of the players that I see, they say that Wong is the worst in Bayou. I, I, uh, I see why people think that. I'll just tell them that they're Wong, okay? They're oh. Wong. Wong <laughs> is amazing. Uh, I did. I I think it's kind of the same thing you might say about Brewmaster. I think Wong, you just have to have kind of like the feel for him. You know, you gotta like. Oh, there's a turning point in each game where it's like you have to scheme with Wong because you can launch, you know, schemes into space, which is always fun. And then there's also <laughs> some, there's also some killing you can do. I find that Wong's really strong. That's right. Into groups that like to bunch up like when i played chris with his explorers and he bunched up in his little you know umbra whatever you know yeah duo. it was manglish ivan yep yeah yep. you uh, just bubble and i just launched piglets into you and you were taking you know tests all over the place and i think i killed your totem like five times you did and that was my <laughs> downfall of that game so i should have just let it die <laughs> <laughs> 
you're like, man, I guess I'm going to bring this back. But to be fair, that was the first game I played with Ingersoll, and, and I didn't have a full feel of every piece. Yeah, and I, it's just one of those things where I think the more people play Wong, there's there's like four different lists I can build with Wong where it's just really interesting and can and can flex different ways. I mean, you can bring stuff to punch with like Alphonse and, you know, uh, Rocksteady and Bebop, or you can, you know, go with the launching stuff, which creates all these tests that your opponent has to take. And and then you can even just scheme. You can just get lightning bugs. You can, you know, throw taxidermist out, have them go run and scheme. Uh, Dude, you with Wong, all the damage out. output of Wong, ignoring Ooh. armor. No, no, you can chuck a ski marker into space and put it in your opponent's deployment. Yeah, so. I do that. Yeah, all absolutely. Time. I do that all yeah. the time. When I see things like uh, breakthrough and when I see sabotage, if I'm playing Bayou, my head goes immediately to Wong and I'm like, hey, do I think this guy's going to try to go super killy? Because if not, this is going to be great for Wong. Yeah. Wong's, Wong's weakness is that a lot of the models are paper thin, right? Like, that's the weakness is if your opponent brings a super beating crew, you gotta spread out and try not to die. <laughs> I mean, you also get access to Bokors, though. Bokors, Bokors are, like the are best. amazing. Yeah, they're like Bokors the best awesome. in, in Bayou, hands down. Bring that out of keyword. It's kind of like, uh, man, it's almost like what's her face out of Neverborn, Serena Bowman. Oh my God. <laughs> have an obey built into him too which is amazing yeah i mean serena bowman is incredible like let's not even oh, go. Yeah, no, no she's good <laughs> i would not be surprised if she gets nerfed like at the very least i would lower her defense to five like i don't understand what she's defense <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, she has a hat on it's okay she has a hat on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i put mine and mine has tentacles coming out of her vajayjay because like yikes, yikes. damn yikes. straight psychological warfare on my opponent just like oh my god that's, that's like when i'm playing kin i always take the kin totem that's mooning and i always point it towards chris yes <laughs> like yeah i keep telling him he needs to paint a little toilet paper on there but it's all good i'll get, a little, I'll get nick to print me a roll that's so funny <laughs> all right so on to the next one, we got the guild. So this one's interesting because people will argue guild needs just love in general. So oh, for sure, but I, I mean, mine is one hundred percent family. Like family's the worst. They were Vegas, huh? They're so bad. <laughs> oh, I haven't played against a lot of guild. I, uh, I don't really have an opinion on this one, unfortunately. So you're gonna bow to uh, to Dixon on this because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. respectable. I've played against Perdita. Uh, she does some shooting, I guess, right? Dude, that, that. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm so sorry. Like, I can't even. I was going to make a joke, like like acting as a uh, devil's advocate. I have lost to them because I don't respect them. And I make. I mean, <laughs> I mean that can happen with Malifaux in general, though, right? The guy that I was playing was really, really good. And I just did not respect the models at all. And he had like five focus on Perdita at one point and like three focus on on, on uh, Francisco and he slaughtered slaughter my beaters in uh, with Hamelin. Yeah. The game still went down to like five three. <laughs> it's just like I was like, oh yeah, I forgot that these models actually kill people. <laughs> um I'm gonna go kind of an opposite thing here because I've I've played I've played a lot of games against like different masters. I've mostly played games against like Hoffman. Uh, I've played against, I'd say the, the, the master that I've played the most against is Dashiell. 
Uh, I feel like he's probably their best master. So I think besides him and Hoffman, you can almost say any other master. But I think most people will point to family. Fam- family definitely needs some family love. Yeah, they do, man. Yeah, they do. <laughs> so uh, let's go ahead and we got that one. All right, we're over to Outcast. So what the hell needs love in Outcasts? Tara. Not Zip. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. We, you- said, we said Tara in the very beginning, didn't we? We did, didn't we? Tara, Tara, Tara. Tara. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I've probably seen all the other masters except for Tara. You know, I actually didn't want to say her, but I was like, nah, I have to be objective. She is to, to be consistent. Master. Yeah. Is, is there is there a is there a close second or is it just Tara by a landslide? I think Yoko is a close second for the worst master in the game. Well, we're not there yet. Chill out. <laughs> yeah, we're, not, we're not the worst master in the game. He's talking about worst master in the faction. Yeah. Oh, in the fact. Oh, she is the bottom of the barrel by far. Like there are like seven floors, and then you know you get to the next master. Like, it's pretty bad. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, we'll just leave it at that. We've already talked about Terra. So, what about Rezzers? This one's kind of interesting. Unfortunately, McMorning, and I absolutely love him. Yeah, okay. He's a bad master, but I think he's the worst master in Rezzers. Not so I like McMorning. I would I actually lean more towards the worst master in Rezzers being Molly for me. Mm, okay. I can see that. Well, yeah. Molly Squid Pidge. Yeah. Molly it just is she just she doesn't do it for me. She's least. kind of annoying. I I don't know if I'd call her super good, but she's definitely annoying. She's yeah. annoying, but that's just about it. Well, I mean, is you this, could you can get around her. How is this saying how good resers are just because it's like you look at their models and you're like well, I mean, they're good. They're just not that good for the Rezzer Masters. I mean, is that is that kind of where we are here? That yeah. I mean, that is. I mean, yeah, Rezzers are amazing. Well, you're biased. Shut up. No, no. <laughs> Rezzers are amazing. He, he's not wrong. I, <laughs> I'm not he, wrong. Right, yeah. Dixon? I'm not I, wrong. I played Rezzers for a month and a half, and I stopped because it was so dang, like, disgusting. It's just like, yeah. I feel dirty. It was like it was like speaking to the 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 snowflake in me. I'm like, oh, I, I don't mind feeling dirty, Dixon. I like it a little bit, you know. That's why that's why he's a reserve player. He played. That's why I'm a reserve player. I, I can't wait until like I, I they gotta they gotta remove Whisper. Whisper cannot be on Masters. That's uh, Whisper is amazing. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, trust me. I you, like I said it before when we talked about Rezzers. I don't know why you wouldn't put Whisper on any of your important models, especially your master. But so the thing is though, is I mean, Rezzers don't really have a lot of, I mean, the other two upgrades are, are crap. No, they're not spirit of the great, no, the grave spirit touch. Same, especially on like uh, models like Jackdaw or the hang or uh, just in, insert X op awesome, hard to kill model here. Literally, you you put on any hard like you put on a shield bearer, and that shield bearer or Ashigaru will fucking tank for you for the rest of the game. Well, thanks for giving him advice, Dixon. I hate Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that <laughs> advice. I just I don't see the regen plus two. I mean, and shield bearers that actually already have the blasphemous ritual, uh, but terrifying. Yes, I, I, it would definitely get. And don't get me wrong, I've put Grave Spirits touch on stuff, especially in Karai. Um, to get more of uh, everything has terrifying to screw with Pete, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, what about Killer Instincts? It's I mean, it's fine. not it's not great. No, no, Killer Instinct is fine. You put it on things like your killing models. Like I put it usually when I'm expecting uh, some manipulative or some terrifying. I put it on McMorning. I put it on Bed Bed Noir. I put it on um, you, you know models like that. I could see that. 
I don't like anything that's going on right now. <laughs> situational. Situational. Uh, Whisper, though, is an auto auto include on every, every list. I have yet to see a list where Whisper wouldn't be just an automatic upgrade. Uh, well, I think there's no reason to not bring two. It's like, bring your two Whisper for your two most important activations. Uh, I guess you're right. I could see, I mean, yeah, I could see doing that. I, I would like, hey, look at your deck and stack it the way you want. Correct. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. But I also I mean, have the same mind that I don't see a reason for you not to bring uh, the chick from Von Stuck that's a henchman and not the flying one. Anna? Anna. I actually don't see a reason. There's a lot of people that argue with me. The reason is like, oh, I don't even bring her on my competitive list anymore. I'm like, nah, I don't see that, bro. Are you like, talking about bringing her out of keyword? Yeah, I would. I definitely don't see a reason why you shouldn't bring her in in some other crews that out of keyword models. I'm gonna punch. Not even as a tech piece, just because. What's I up? mean, I could see the love for Anna. I mean, she's got gravity well and hostile work environment, so you're definitely manipulating the board state a little bit. Pete's just Pete's getting really unhappy because he's <laughs> he's afraid that you're giving me ideas. But I, I mean, I've already thought about Pete's bringing Anna out of keyword. So <laughs> Dixon's not not showing me anything new when it comes to that. No, the funny thing is, like he saw, he said this in the very beginning of the podcast. Like I literally have this way of making things worse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So we also have 10 Thunders. So this is the last one. We're not going to talk Explorer's Worst Crew because honestly, I don't think that's flushed out at all yet. No. So looking at 10 Thunders, you've already said yours. You think it's Yoko Ono there. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody that's worse than her. I've seen every other crew. Um, I would I would say I haven't seen Jacob Lynch played, but I think that's just because I we don't have a 10 Thunder player that plays all the masters. So Do you want your opponent to always have a face card in their hand. Play Jacob Lynch. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I see how <laughs> he's not as bad as Yoko Ono here. Holy sh- Nikes, dude. I'm telling you right now, like Yoko can piss you off and she, because I, okay. So Wilson specializes on both those masters. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think he, he, I think he told me once that he has like kind of like a snowflake uh, chip on his shoulder or something. Sure. But he wants to prove to people that even bad masters are good. So he's been playing Yoko, Asami, and um, what's his face, uh, Jacob. And Jacob is by far his best master, and he is scary. Like I can't possibly put him at the bottom of the barrel. Okay. I'll put Asami near Yoko before I put Jacob. I'll okay. put a monks near Asami before I put Jacob. Yeah, the- and I, I think it's just oh. like I, I talked during our podcast that we did about Ten Thunders, and we were talking about how her crew is actually not bad. It's really just her. Uh, yes. Like she actually has some fun models that do a lot of work, right? So, I mean, her, her crew can actually do a lot of cool things. But when you look at her card specifically, it really kind of brings them down. Yeah. She needs to be way too close to the enemy. And she needs to make them discard cards. So, like, the first two turns... She tries to get within six inches of somebody and then use a crow, a high crow, or a soul stone to make you discard two cards, and then she draws two cards. And then the rest of the game, you're kind of screwed because you're now down between two and three cards depending on how the rest of her activation went after that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just I have flashbacks to playing against Scott when he was playing Yoko, and I just – I was playing Karai, and I – completely walked all over him. I mean, Yoko was not a good <laughs> Well, master. it was funny because Chris was kind of still newish, yeah. and he thought Scott was like, you know, 
well seasoned. Are you handing me the game? And he's like, <laughs> he's like, man, I just rolled over Scott. And it's like, well, Scott only plays like once every six months, Chris. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, not only that, we're talking about like the the faction that he's playing. You know, Resurrectionists are significantly better. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was playing Karai, so I was playing Arcanists then. Karai is Resurrectionist. Yeah, you're talking. Oh, uh, about I'm sorry. Here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I'm Karis. Karis. Oh, why did I say Karai? Karis. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, I had the master in my head. I just, you know, said the wrong name. Fire lady that throws fire lady, fire wing demon lady. She is. Yeah, Pete hates Karis. Yeah, Pete hates Karis. Well, I don't hate her as much now that I remembered that I can assist to take some of the injured off. So that (laughs) that makes me feel a little better. Wait, what faction are you playing right now? Who who are we talking to here? You, Mister Jump. You literally jump factions more than any other person I know. I, I don't know. I mean, he's got some competition here. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Dude, you settled into Rezzers. Shut up. Um, I st- I'm still mainly Bayou and uh, and Neverborn. I, I flip between the two of them. Gotcha. Uh, but I will say that I am starting to pick up some Ten Thunders, and I'm also picking <laughs> up some Explorers. <laughs> We're both flexing into Explorers here. Uh. <laughs> That's purely for research, though. Purely research for the podcast. Because I have a problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have a problem. Okay. So. Sh- shut up. You have a problem. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so let's see. We, you really don't want to talk about explorers, but I actually wanted to say my take from what. Okay. Okay. Dixon wants to speak up. I'm going to defer to you because I <laughs> wait till I at least see it or play it. So, what do you think, Dixon? Oh, you haven't seen it or played it yet. Well, I. So I. I haven't proxied all of them, right? I've only, we've done Apex and we've done DUA and uh, we did McCabe, but of course you can also see McCabe already. So, oof. I mean, uh, so I can, I can definitely say my opinions at the very least from what I've seen. I mean, I've heard other people say McCabe's the worst one in there. Um, nah, bro. Okay. Well, I don't, I, like I said, I haven't decided. So you, you tell me. Uh man, it's gonna be bad. Uh, I think well, just do it. I know. <laughs> I rip, it, rip think, it off. Rip it off. I think Cooper is the worst. And <laughs> I think that makes me sad. Yeah, and I think Jetsa is the best. Yeah, see, I haven't seen Jetsa yet, so I can't really speak to it. Jetsa too does too many things that you cannot defend, and she can score points by teleporting all over the place. So. When you really, really learn how to play the crew, you're hurting your own crew to then heal your own crew to then do shit. So let's go back to the improve, though. So why? I, I think I know why, but why don't you think Cooper's that good? Why do you think that he's kind of at the bottom? Not that, because he's bad, because I don't think he is bad. I think he's mid, mid okay. high. Worst of the group, then. He's worst of the group because he's too straightforward. He does one thing, and he does it really well, but he does one thing. Whereas every crew that I've seen so far, they do multiple things really See, well. I would argue that you want that on certain on, on certain boards, mm. in certain pools, where it's like, especially in a tournament where it's like, you can get too cute and overthink stuff. Sometimes you just got to be like, you want to know what? I'm going to play Nakima, or I'm going to play Cooper, and I'm just going to try to kill you. Mm, I hear you, but... Like, I hear you, but well, I've seen Syndicate do it better, and I have played against both, and Syndicate does it better. That's fair. Yeah, Syndicate is uh, insanely good at so, doing what Cooper wants to do, and Cooper, the one thing in the entire keyword that's like better than anything Syndicate has is Cooper himself, and that's it. 
So here's kind of the problem I have with Cooper. And I, I actually like Apex a lot. It's it's a faction that I'm really enjoying. Mm-hmm. And and our patrons actually just decided that in our next battle report, I'm going to actually do Apex and Chris is going to play Red Chapel. So that's going to be a lot of fun. The patrons had a, had a good yep. time voting on that. I but, call I call the win for the Red Chapel. Shut up. <laughs> right now. You shut your poor mouth. <laughs> <laughs> You've never been shot with a with a 50 caliber flint gun, I guess. But here's here's <laughs> kind of why I think that you you could be right, but like I said I got to play the other factions is I think the problem that you have with Cooper is yes, you have good guns, but you're playing on your half, so any kind of scheme where you need to go get it, it's kind of hard to go get. Yeah. And then and then the second part of that is once your opponent gets into you, you have to spend so many resources disengaging without disengaging with Cooper that it, it can be challenging and it can really slow your game down. So I definitely see what you're saying with that. Yeah. Also the fact that uh Seamus can disappear and, and appear in front of you and then yeah, shoot. I'm not lo- I'm not looking forward to his, you know, hidden passage or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Because all of a sudden it's gonna be like surprise, motherfucker, and then just dead. Yeah. Oh, no, even then, like he'll hit you for like four because you have the ability to lower the damage for a soul stone and then lo- lo- uh, lower even more with a stone reduction, right? But he'll do that every single like turn. And, well, and, then, and then you lure him in, except for you can't lure him in. Well, not only that, you can't see him. I'm pretty sure the board's going to have something that blocks line of sight. Yeah, right. Yep. And welcome to Shamus' best day. <laughs> Surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, plus, I, plus I'm bringing the uh, carrying emissary, so I'm going to have uh, line of sight blocking tools as well. Well, you want to know what? I have a dinosaur, so suck it. I'm just saying. I'll be able to see your dinosaur, <laughs> whereas you won't be able to see my stuff. Ugh, I wish I had that actual model yet. I still don't have it. Kind of sad. It's not coming out until like, this second week of February, maybe. I, I'd have to look to see when they rescheduled it. But Oh, man. So Gaining Grounds 1... I think the next question that's going to kind of lead us into the end here is usually from what I I see with Malifaux and Dixon, you've been playing the game longer. Do they usually do a gaining grounds for just about a year and then they switch it up? If I remember correctly, in V1, we did it every year. I did not play too long enough uh, to actually know. I played it for about 10, 10 11 months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and only for Nova. Literally, I played it from i think it was like something like uh december or something from one, of one year all yeah yeah that's it so do you think that with the current situation do you think they are going to switch if you had to make a guess or do you think that they're going to let this ride out a little bit longer just because of the pandemic uh ooh, do you have put out something i didn't know i you think didn't think about yeah yeah, I think because of the pandemic, you might be right. They, there may be a chance. We'll see on when was it? Let me see. Because uh, do, do either of you know when GG1 got released? Because it would be a year to that date. I think it, it was, was in March. March. Yeah. Okay, so then it'd be then. So whatever that date comes in, then they'll, we'll see. They'll probably make an announcement, you think? Yeah, I think we'll, if anything comes, uh, let's say, second week of March, when they say, oh, we got changes to the GG, blah, blah, that, that's when we'll know. So I think that if it was me, I would still do the changes. And, and here's why I would still do them. I think you want to adjust models that need adjusting. So I think that's one. And then two, I think we've all adjusted enough where 
people are either playing in person and they're doing it somewhat responsibly with friends that they know or their local game store is, you know, distancing enough where you can play. Or people are playing online with Vassal and they have a good enough feel of what this did. I, I, I keep hearing people say like, oh, well, you know, we don't have a feel for this. Well, I think if you're into Malifaux and you've played enough games either on Vassal or at your kitchen counter, you know, yeah, then I think you have an idea of what this this gaining grounds is all about. Yeah. So I, mean, I think I, if you're into Malifaux, then you have figured a way to play the game. Like yeah. like they said, they it will find a way, right? Nerds yeah. will find a way to play their games. Yeah, if I, you haven't figured out how to play a game in this day and age, then you should not have... You're probably not playing games. Like, yeah, yeah. You're not playing <laughs> games, not playing. so your opinions aren't shouldn't be taken as heavily as people who are playing wow, it. Chris just said your opinions don't matter. No, nope, no, nope, shouldn't be taken as heavily. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest here. I played this game the most out of all of us, except you that you guys actually play in person. in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so we try to get I, in a game at least once a week. So yeah, I envy you because I may play six times more than you guys, but at least you guys get to see people. Well, I think Chris and I, like I said, during the summer, we definitely played about twice a week. Oh, actually, yeah. During the summer, it was like two or three times a week. And, absolutely. And then during the like my new job and everything, we still probably play at least once a week, if not every other week. Yeah. Yep. No, that's nice. Yeah. So you got to find, like I said, life finds a way. The yep. nerd life will find a yep. way. I I play every night, and I play two to three times on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, you're you're in it. You're in it to win it, there, Dick. <laughs> I was I was about to say, you no, know, something along the lines of, you know, I really wish that Weird would come out with their own digital game that you know uh, maybe. When you buy the pieces, you get a scan code, something along those lines, a one-time use scan code so that you can like, so they can actually really develop this and make money off of it. Yo, I actually had the, like, I have a game already, like, that I wish I could pitch it to them, but they never, they would never let me do it. It's, it's a phone game. I literally have a phone game RPG where you can actually play the game Hmm. and yeah, it's, it's silly, but it works. I just, yeah, I, I'm just, I don't I, know. I, don't think I, want, interesting. I want 3D models. I hate the 2D vassal clunkiness. And it's just, it takes, because you have to kind of play it that way, it takes longer to play. Like I've, I've played X Wing on Tabletop Simulator, uh, was it last week? And it was, it was clean. It was fun. And I had a good time. Uh, I'm not a fan of vassal. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> that's why I'm saying play, you know, do this game. Unlock miniatures, you know, unlock different campaigns. You could single player, multiplayer, single player campaigns have a storyline that follow the that specific cool. factions. That would be cool. It would be amazing. That does sound dope. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, anything that's more Malifaux, like game wise, I'm all I'm all for. Yeah. So looking at it, I think that's a pretty good place to end it. So Dixon, is there any plugs you want to put anywhere people can find you on the interwebs to get their Malifaux questions to you if they have it? Uh, shoot. Uh, it's all Discord. I wish I would have ways to actually give them out the, the, the whatchamacallit, the, the invites. But the Vassal, uh, looking for a group. The Swamp Fiends, they're incredible too. And like, just try to get in contact with your own uh, LFG because... Local stores, they are definitely in need of more players, and I know that it's hard with the the uh, the pandemic, but just please try to reach out. 
Yeah, I think I've I've told, said it numerous times on the podcast that you want know, to know it's it is easier to shop online, but you definitely spend a couple extra bucks to support your game store, even if you got to wait like an extra week maybe for the box, just because you want to keep that open because we're we're not going to be locked down forever. It's going to be something where you know playing games, playing tournaments is going to come back, and if we don't have those stores open, you're going to be playing in your garage. Yeah, and, and I know, Dixon, you're you're active a lot on the Facebook groups, too, so people can always kind of just hear your hear your wonky ideas on the old Facebook. <laughs> hey, man, I still stand by what I said about Faye. Like, if anybody from Weird ever gets this message from me, for the love of God, just swap out the very last sentence of a bunch <laughs> of growth and the Killjoy thing. And Killjoy still needs more buffs, but, like, that's a good start. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's something that, people should you know definitely voice when you see something like that and you're like well i know what if they just switched this this would be like in a perfect spot and i mean yeah. believe it or not I, i've talked with people actually with weird now and there's been a couple of people been like oh yeah you know i listened to you or oh yeah i read this in a forum so yeah just speak up i mean i know we said this was going to be a lot of bitching but i think it was actually pretty productive the stuff we talked about except for chris getting uh reser advice that sucked <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely I want right. you to join me in the dark side. Come on, Pete. What I know I'm... you're going to hate them as much as I hate them. Rezzers. Oh, I felt so dirty playing them. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't like rezzers. I mean, I've learned ways to play around some of them. And then there's other ones where it's like, hmm, we're just going to try to get enough points here. <laughs> let's let's go like, for a tie. Yeah, let's play, let's play some Malifaux instead of playing I Kill You. This is my favorite thing about the game, by the way. I, I don't have to go and kill you, but I want to kill you. Well, and Chris can tell you, and this might be something that maybe is finally starting to tick you know, in Chris's head here, where probably the last three games Chris and I have played, I really haven't been engaging to kill him. I've been engaging no, to hold not. him up and win. Yeah. Ooh, Although, oh. to be honest, it was that, that one game was literally the only game where I've come in that low. Usually, it's a, I'm about a point off of you. So. Yeah, yeah. That was just straight up because you just got bogged down in Pandora. I just got bogged down. Pandora yeah. made your life miserable. Yes, she did. Make sure that you guys are checking us out. Like I said, we have a lot of content going on our YouTube channel. Check out the RageQuitWire.com website where we got a lot of written content, videos. The podcast goes up on there. So it's kind of it's like your one-stop shop for Rage Nation content. Uh, something I'm also starting to apply on the Rage Quit Wire Instagram and other social media sites is I'm starting to include the hashtag Rage Nation. So if you want to look that up on social media, we're starting to use that as well. So I want to thank you guys again for coming on and talking about Gaining Grounds 1. And I think with that being said, we're going to go ahead and flip cards and flip tables, and we'll see you all next time. Latest hater.